This candle reminds us of the hope we have in Jesus and the promises he has made. The reading from today comes from Isaiah 11, 1 through 9. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness will be the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf of the lion and the yearling together. And the little child will learn from, will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie together and the lion will eat straw like the, like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all the holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this season of Advent. Thank you for the hope we have in you. We pray that you align our hearts to worship and follow you in all that we do especially during this Christmas season. Amen. You know, whenever you see a Christmas pageant, you know there's things in there, right, that are not actually in the story as written because we need to be creative with it. I I ran into something this week that I haven't seen in a pageant and I know I haven't seen in the scripture, but... Honestly, it seems realistic. Can can you show that cartoon picture? Is it up there? You see that? It's Joseph. <laughs> Don't be mad. <laughs> I said I was sorry. I should have made reservations. Talk to me, Mary, Mary, Mary. I'm fine. Um, I... I I love that cartoon because you got to wonder what else went on, right? At the nativity scene, the kind of conversations that were had. So I invite you to enter that kind of humorous imagination when we think about the story uh, this morning. It, It really all begins before the time of Jesus, as we all know. It begins when the Godhead decided to send Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. But in terms of the Gospels, it begins with the announcement that first came to Mary. And I want to read you those words. From Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. In the month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which was Mary's relative... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. 
Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you found favor with God, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. That's really where it begins. The announcement of Jesus' birth to the Virgin Mary. Her response is remarkable, isn't it? Her response inside her head must have been a lot more than what was said in the text. I'm suggesting that her likely response, if we were to continue to explore what might have been going on, was something like this. I'm pregnant. My life with Joseph is over. You see, engagement was very similar to marriage back then. It was a covenant that was made. And all except for the consummation, it was final. She knew that when Joseph found out what would happen and his plan was to divorce her. Divorce, even before marriage. That's because engagement and marriage were almost identical back then. Joseph determined to divorce her quietly so as to not make a big deal. I don't know how you do that, but that's what the text tells us. Mary and Joseph have a conversation. It's not in the Bible, but you know they had one. Can you imagine what it must have been like? Mary telling him because he didn't yet know I'm pregnant and God did it. And Joseph says, Wait just a second. You expect me to believe that? I mean, things just don't work like that, Mary. I don't know if your parents told you, but they don't. Joseph is stunned. And so he proceeds to, let's call it file for divorce. Until, happily, Mary finds out that an angel intercedes. An angel comes to Joseph in a dream and says, don't worry about it. It's really true. There is a child in Mary's womb. And he's the son of the most high God. In other words, Joseph, you've been given a new commission for life. You're going to be the father of the son of God. Oh, perhaps not the biological father, but the father. 
Mary's faith is remarkable. It's almost impossible when you think about it. She responds very simply, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you say. You have to wonder, how could she believe such a thing? Because she believed against all odds. Things just don't happen that way. But she believed the impossible. She also believed in spite of the fact that in her mind, she might have thought, royal? I'm not royal. I'm a very common young lady. And my husband's a very common man. Oh, yes, genealogy of David. But that's so far removed. I'm, I'm not in that kind of lineage, am I? But her remarkable faith was quiet. She just accepted it. She wasn't flamboyant. She was quiet. And this characterized Mary's life throughout the life of Jesus. Her quiet faith and resignation to the will of God. I mean, think with me about the number of times she just paused and pondered. When the angels appeared to the shepherds and the shepherds showed up and gave the report, she pondered in her heart what had just happened. When the wise men showed up, perhaps two years later, the same thing, she just wondered and pondered in her heart. When Jesus, only 12 years old, was lost at the temple, or so they thought, and debating with the elders, the teachers of the law, she wondered and pondered those things in her heart. And when Jesus made his way to the cross, all the disciples fled, but she was there, and she must have pondered those things in her heart. Her life was characteristic of quiet, confident faith. You know, her life was also not just characteristic of confident, quiet faith. It was characteristic of the the very nature of Advent, which is waiting. She just waited for the further revelation of God. When Jesus went to the cross, she must have thought to herself, God, why? When Jesus went to the cross, the robust, flamboyant, big-talking disciples all ran away, and she stayed there to the very end in a quiet faith. Her job, it did not seem, was to share the truth, to proclaim it in an evangelistic way. It seems like the shepherds did. We know for sure that the disciples did. They were out front once inspired by the Holy Spirit to speak loudly concerning the Christ. Maybe she did speak concerning the Christ. I have no doubt she did. But based on her character, I think it was quiet faith. It reminds me of our job. First, waiting. Second, quiet faith. You know, not everybody is up front. Not everybody is called to proclaim. Not in a big, bold way. But you're called, like Mary, 
too quiet faith. When you think of Mary, you think of a young woman. Actually, from what we know, probably only about 15 years old when she was pregnant with Jesus. She had remarkably resilient faith. Her faith was also the kind of faith that apparently did not demand answers. She didn't continue to pester the angel about how could this be. She just said, okay, I accept. That was the kind of faith she had, a waiting, wondering faith. What about our faith? What does it look like for you? When you think about Mary, is it an encouragement to you? I hope it is. It doesn't need to be grand, your faith. Jesus said, a mustard seed will do. Not much, just enough. It doesn't need to be bold, necessarily. It could be quiet. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be done to me as you say. There's something else about faith that's often associated with us. It's expectations. We have faith, and then we have expectations associated with the faith. And if it doesn't come true, we tend to lose our faith, or we tend to grumble, or we tend to say why over and over again. Maybe I'm making too much of Mary's story, but that doesn't seem to be common to her story. When she was at the cross waiting for Jesus to die, how many times do you think she said to herself, God, bring in the angels. I know you can do it. I know you will. I can't imagine that in the torment of soul that she went through, she didn't pray that prayer. She didn't ask for that as a request. But it never happened. Yet, she saw the final story because she waited. She saw the resurrection because she waited. She saw the day of Pentecost because she waited. She saw the church explode on the human scene of history because she waited. She waited with quiet faith. Faith does mean waiting. And as we wait, while we wait, God might do the impossible. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the faith of those who have gone before us. Thank you for the faith of those who are sitting beside us. Thank you for the faith that we hope to instill in our children. Thank you for the faith of your church. We pray that you will help us to be patient. You will help us to wait. You will help us to pray. And you will help us to expect your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.